Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. So today, um, what we'll be trying to talk about this guest as the church is Emmanuel, God with us. Just as was sung through the worship, I was like, oh man, they, they, they sang a song which has the, um, the title of this message in it. That's, that's great. Bless the name of God for working things out in that way. Yeah. So I'm hoping and I know that uh, this is not the first time most people or almost everyone in this room have heard the name of Jesus Christ. We've heard a story, Christmas, here and there, but we're going to go through the scriptures as a reminder and also to help us hold on to what we have believed. For there is, um, as human beings and as we live on, in this world, people question what we believe in. And we also question what we believe in from time to time. Because as Christians, things happen and you start asking about, what have I believed in? And from time to time, as you question yourself, the Spirit of God, and by His grace, gives you understanding, you get your footing, you keep moving. But it keeps coming. And that's why we also have to be strong in the Word of God, be encouraged by the Word of God, and that can keep our faith growing from grace to grace. So um, we're going to look at um, mainly Emmanuel, God refers the whole chapter of Matthew 1. So hopefully I can go through quickly with you, and uh, the Spirit of God can give us the understanding that I hope that we get. And sometimes there may be things I would say hoping you would get the understanding the other way, but the Spirit of God also opens your mind to other things. So um, before I go through, uh, I'll just, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Two names, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So that is what the book of Matthew starts with. And I believe he has a purpose. And um, there's a church that I used to go to in New York where I lived before moving here. And one of the elders, Tom, will say that when you read the Bible, you hear the stories. It's about real people in real time. Real people in real time. We read the stories and sometimes it sounds imaginary, but this is the history of real people in real time. That's why we're talking about the genealogy of Jesus Christ, not for the sake of being um, Bible uh, scholars, but for the sake of rooting it in history so that our minds and hearts can believe and hold on to it, that just as we have the history of Abraham Lincoln and we read back and we say there was a time this man lived, so is this history about a time where Abraham lived, where David lived, and there was a promise of Christ to them, and this Christ came. So we're talking about Emmanuel, and we're talking about him coming to be amongst us. But we know from history and from our belief, otherwise we wouldn't be Christians, he's already come. But we're going back to talk about this background so that our faith can, be, can increase, so that our worship can abound, so that our hope can grow, and so that we can rely on the Word of God. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, why would 
Matthew brought about mentioning David and even go all the way back to Abraham. So if you would bear with me, open your Bibles as we turn to Genesis 22, verse 18. So this is Abraham after um, obeying the word of God as he's going through all the promises and he was about to offer Isaac, his only son, as an offering and God stopped him. And after God stopped him, God spoke these words to him, which he had already spoken before, but he spoke it again. Genesis 22, verse 18 says, In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. In Abraham's seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because he has obeyed his voice. Because he has had faith in the God of heaven, the God who made the heavens and the earth and his word. And especially for me, standing here and we're talking about all the nations. I'm not from, originally I wasn't born in America, born all the way in Ghana. I have you as brothers and sisters in God because I believe all the nations, far away people are believing um, the Clintons are going to uh, Tijuana, Mexico, or Mexico. There's a family there who have believed. Why? There's one connection between Jesus Christ, Jesus. Because of Jesus Christ, who is the son of David, all the nations shall be blessed. All the nations shall be delivered from the bondage of sin. All the nations shall be drawn towards God. Um, and even if you are here in America, I mean, People have different backgrounds from different nations who have been here and can trace your history, if you can, to other people. But all the nations, different people are together. We are here together from different families. Well, here in America, you don't talk more about tribes. But from different tribes, especially me, from, from Africa, we talk about tribes. We don't talk about white, blacks, it's tribes. It's, you can be a white person, but you're from that tribe, you're from that tribe. It doesn't matter. But... All the nations, all the tribes shall be blessed. And that's what God said. All the different nations from different tribes shall be blessed because of Abraham. And the Bible is going, Matthew with his gospel is showing that this promise was fulfilled and has been fulfilled. And I'm hoping that we remember this history that what we believe in is not, uh, we're not talking about imaginary people. Real people in real time. Abraham, this Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now we're going to go through his genealogy, come all the way from Abraham. And Bible scholars would put Abraham, give or take, 2,000 years before Jesus Christ. So God is telling Abraham this promise, and it's fulfilled about 2,000 years. Other people put it 1,800, but I'll put it at 2,000 years. 2,000 years, this promise comes to Abraham, dead, gone, different generations. But it still comes to pass. And that fulfills the word of God, which he says in Isaiah, that he sends his word out, and it doesn't return empty. His word goes, and it does its purpose. The word of God in our lives takes different angles, but whatever he said about we following him would come to pass. We have our part to play in our generation. What we have to do is remain faithful and allow the work of God to be done as he has promised us. So going through verse 2 to uh, verse 17, Abraham, verse 2, Abraham begot Isaac, 
Matthew chapter 1, verse 2. Abraham begot Isaac, then Isaac begot Jacob. Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar or Tamar. Perez begot Hezron and Hezron begot Ran. I'll go through the names and if you look at the background stories, not everyone's story is pretty in there. But the Bible, sometimes we talk about the Holy Bible and I'm like, man, if we are talking about the Holy Bible, I thought God would be like, okay, let me be selective here. Let me just talk about the holy good things. But this history is telling about the rough, the good, the bad. The good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> Everything is laid out here in Matthew. And we are going to talk about Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. So uh, let's go through and let's see what the Spirit of God will help us understand. So Ram, verse 4, begot Aminadab. Aminadab begot Nashon. Nashon begot Salmon. Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab, which we talk about who, was, who used to be a prostitute. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse. And Jesse begot David, the king. Now we mentioned the David that was mentioned, the son of David, Jesus Christ. By her, who had been the wife of Uriah. By her, that is Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah that David um, took away from Uriah and had um, an extramarital affair with her and killed the husband. Then Solomon begot Rehoboam. Rehoboam begot Abijah and Abijah Asa. Asa begot Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat begot Joram and Joram begot Uzziah. And if you are looking at the history of the Bible, the different prophets, so this Jehoshaphat, um, now verse 9, Uzziah begot Jotham, Jotham Ahaz, and Ahaz Hezekiah. And Ahaz and Hezekiah, these kings, Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz and Hezekiah is the period that the prophet Isaiah was prophesying, talking about the coming of Christ, talking about there's going to be Emmanuel, the virgin shall give birth and the boy will be called Emmanuel. So there is the time where Isaiah was prophesying about the coming of Christ. Then we go about Hezekiah begot Manasseh or Manasseh, Manasseh begot Amon, and Amon begot Josiah. Josiah begot, begot Jokaniah and his brothers about a time they were carried away to Babylon. And that is when the prophet Jeremiah was also talking about the great things of God going to happen. All these great prophets and all these great kings, their timeline is in there. And it talks about carried away to Babylon. And that is the history of Israel. Delivered from Egypt to their land in Canaan, promised a land, told to be faithful, or ordered by God to be faithful, they took it for granted. And I think that's what Paul also tells us, that we shouldn't take grace for granted. They took the grace of God for granted, and they were sent many prophets after prophets, all the way up to Isaiah, telling them about the harm that will come to them. And Jeremiah crying so much, and Ezekiel, Ezekiel also coming, they disobeyed all this that they had to be taken out of the land of promise to be sent to Babylon. Delivered from captivity or from slavery to your own land, disobeying the God who delivered you, and then God takes them out of that land 
into captivity into Babylon. So that is the timeline there. And then they were brought to Babylon. After they were brought to Babylon, verse 12, Jeconiah begot Sheatel and Sheatel Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel, Ebiod, Ebiod, Eliakim, and Eliakim, Azor, Azor, Zadok, Zadok, Akim, and Akim, Eliod. Eliod begot Eleazar, and Eleazar begot Matan, and Matan begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Now we have Christ showing all the kings and the generation coming all the way. Verse 17. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David until the captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. And from the captivity in Babylon until Christ are 14 generations. Here we have Matthew breaking down the history according to the generations and when kings or successions through the timeline came all the way to Jesus Christ. So he's broken it into two, three timelines, from when Abraham was there to when David was there, from when David became king to when Israel's um, being stubborn and not obeying God were taken out of their land into Babylon, and that's 14 generations. And then from after they were sent to Babylon all the way to Christ, talking about 14 generations. So we have three 14s there. And when you look at the names and the grouping, approximately there are 14 different names for each um, generation that he's talking about. So when you start from Abraham coming, you can count about 14 different people. Come from David all the way to when they went to captivity, there are about 14 people. And then from all the way to um, when Jesus was born, about 14 people, talking about all these generations. So here we have the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham being talked about and being fulfilled and being shown to us in real time, real people, in real place. This is Emmanuel has come, the promise fulfilled. promise of God has been fulfilled through Emmanuel. And when we look at all these great things, we can also continue and realize that uh, it should, as we increase, hopefully with this, we can hold on to our faith, knowing that this Emmanuel, this Jesus Christ that we believe in, though he's not among us because we know when we, from the Bible that he, he was, was crucified, he rose and was taken up to heaven. And though we don't see him and he's in heaven, we have this history to confirm that Yes, he's a real man who lived amongst us to talk about the things of God. And that should, I hope, that increases our faith in what we have believed as Christians. And also that, also, uh, that should increase our worship if we believe he had existed and he's the great one who was crucified and taken up to heaven. Then when we sing songs, we, we can have meaning in our hearts and in our minds that we can praise him. Now, continue through verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, his husband, being a just man and not wanting to make a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. So, um, that is um, a tough one for a man who has, who has a betrothed wife. We could call it engagement, but 
it goes beyond engagement. He, she's, she's his wife, and he just, it's just a matter of time that he can have their marriage consummated. And then he realized that married, the wife, is pregnant. It's like, okay. That would have been wedding is off, engagement is off. I won't talk to you again. I don't want to see you around my house. I don't want to even see you when I'm on my way to the marketplace. So Joseph was like, huh, what should I do? And this is talking all the way back. All the way back to when the Israelites were giving commandments to even stone somebody who was caught in adultery. So this is the time where you remember Jesus was with the woman. Jesus was there. The Pharisees brought a woman to Jesus saying, this woman was caught in adultery. We want to stone her to death. And Jesus said, who hasn't sinned should throw the first stone. So this is the period where this was done. And Joseph found out that the wife-to-be or the wife is pregnant. So he was like, okay, what should I do? And being a just man or being somebody, being just here talks about the heart of Joseph. Because he thinks and has compassion, he was not ready to say, okay, all right, people of um, Galilee, come here. I have a stoning, a stoning exercise for you to do <laughs> because I got married here. But he was like, okay, what is going on here? I believe as Christians, um, when things happen around us, something's painful, bad, um, evil, we, should be, we shouldn't be quick to react as much as possible. Pray. Let's quick to hear quick to listen, slow to speak. We shouldn't be so quick to react. So, uh, Joseph, not being too quick to react, has the opportunity of the Spirit of God, God revealing himself to him in verse 19, said, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and didn't want to make an example of her, uh, she was fine to be child of the Holy Spirit, 18. So, let's go to verse 20. But he but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David. Verse 1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Verse 20, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take, your, to take Mary to be your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. It's got to be someone whose mind and understanding is beyond the physical to receive this message from God and accept it. And um, I look at the genealogy, we talk about all these different kings all the way to Joseph. I, I'm tempted to believe that in that line, there were other people who qualified in the house of David or in that bloodline to give birth to Jesus Christ. But Joseph was chosen, one, by grace, and two, by how he lived his life. God has called us to be Christians. And as he says in the book of Chronicles, Second um, Chronicles 69, the eyes of the Lord goes to and fro the whole world looking for one whose heart is loyal to him, that he will show his strength to that person. The Lord has called us as Christians and he's calling other people to be Christians, to have the mind of Christ, to have the way of life that pleases God, that when God wants to do something on this earth, 
he can look at you and say, okay, by grace, that's his choice. But by looking at the vessel, the vessel is also ready to receive the grace. And I'm not talking about salvation here. Because if it was to be salvation, then most of us were not ready when we're living our sins to say, okay, grace of God, I'm prepared, I'm perfect, now save me. But I'm talking after he has saved you, shown you the grace, how we live our lives with the help of the Holy Spirit. That when God wants to do something, we can be the vessel that he will choose. As a just man, and I believe maybe because of the way Mary lived her life, Joseph couldn't just fathom or just go like, okay, what is he asking himself, what is happening here? If Mary had not lived a certain life, maybe Joseph wouldn't have thought twice about what was going on. So God has called us and he would like us to allow his spirit that we walk in a certain way, that when God wants to do something at the time was due. When you look at um, Galatians chapter 4, when we're 4 to Galatians 4, verse 4 to 7, and when you look at verse 7, when the time was due, Christ was sent to us sinners for redemption. God has many plans for different generations and for different times. This is our time, this is our generation to live for God. Please let's do our best that our lives matches with the spirit of God that is in us. That in our generation we can lay the foundation that is needed for the next generation. That in our generation, if Joseph and Mary, maybe God could have chosen somebody else. But because of their commitment and how they live, we had Christ come in such a home to be nurtured and brought up to be the Savior in full form of God that he died on the cross. We, as Christians, God is encouraging us. Let's live our life a certain way to be the foundation for the next generation. 21 says, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And that confirms the, the plan of God. Through Abraham, all the nations will be blessed. So through him, first, the, the nation of Israel, which comes through Abraham, we're going to be saved from their sins. And then the nations were going to be saved. We know the Israelites rejected Christ. And he was crucified also as part of God's plan. So they, they are not, they, we, the other nations, can be brought into the realm of God even before the Israelites are brought there. So Emmanuel has come and he has fulfilled the promise of God. We look at all this story and I believe that should help us for our worship to abound. Emmanuel has come. Let's go through to the end. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled. Verse 22, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. He shall be called Emmanuel. God is with us. He's already come, and God is amongst us. God is with us. It's these, the way we feel as human beings and the things that we go through sometimes make that a love to us. It's like far away, though we know it, but we don't feel it or accept it that way. God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took, his, uh, took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn, 
and he called his name Jesus, just as the angel told him. God is with us, and we rejoice. And that is one big thing about Christmas. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. And we rejoice because God is with us. We rejoice, we celebrate because he is with us. I'm, I'm hoping and praying that as we remember this, God is with us. We can be joyful, we can rejoice because we know God is with us. God is with us, we can be hopeful. God is with us and we say, okay, well, this Jesus who was born is no more here. So what are you talking about, God with us? The, the purpose of God for Christ being here is to show who God is and he was revealed in flesh. He was gone, but he's not gone because he said he was going to give us his Holy Spirit. And we can read that in the uh, book of John, the Gospel of John 14. Verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 15. Or we can go 15 through 18. If you love me, keep my commandments. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And that is what he did. And as we go into the book of Acts, that's what he showed by bringing the Holy Spirit to dwell amongst the Christians then. And the Holy Spirit is dwelling amongst us, in us, we Christians now. God is with us. God is with us. We rejoice and we are hopeful. Because of this, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives. He's not dead. He's risen. Christ lives on high. And God is with us through our troubles, through all that we sometimes don't understand, and our mind starts going around, please let's remember, God is with us. Christmas, Christ has come. Joy to the world. We rejoice. Joy to the world. We are hopeful. God is with us. That's what he says in in the book of John to confirm. He's not here, but he's still with us. And because he is with us, he's given us the opportunity to come to him, to pray. When there's struggles, that's why we are human and he's God. He says he saved you, but you are human. You still need strength. You still need understanding. You, you are, we are not going to have all the understanding of what it is to live for Christ here on earth till we get to heaven or maybe we, our time here on earth is done and we go on to the other side. But as we live, he says, don't rely on your strength. God is with you. Just think about this. You have a, you have a coach, right? He has, a, I don't know, football, basketball, volleyball. And he has a team. He has his plans or her plans for how the, the, the game is going to be. And you, the player, is like, okay, I'm not going to ask the coach for help on how to do this, how to do that. I have my own plan. I'm going to run this way. Uh, can you imagine how the game is going to be? you got your coach, the Holy Spirit. God is with us. He says, pray, be hopeful, pray to me, rely on me. So it's, it's, it's tough because uh, 
we as human beings, as fiscal as we are, our interpretation of things has to be fiscal. We want to touch it. We want to see it. So you pray. It's like, I don't see it. You pray. I don't touch it. You, you, you pray. The earth is not shaking. Well, this mighty God who moved mountains, I've not seen anything moving. So you're like, okay, forget about it. That's how we behave. And that's why we come into his presence day in and day out so that we can be encouraged, we can be edified, so that we go back and go like, well, I don't have to behave like that. And probably you can do that for two days and go back to your old person. But we are praying, God, as you come here week after week, day after day, reading your Bible, you will get to the point where your faith is grown, that you are so much strong in the Lord, that you can be boarded, you can be down for a minute, two, maybe an hour, but definitely not for your whole day, because the Spirit of God is living in you, and remember, God is with me. He has given me the opportunity, especially Christmas. Christ has come. We celebrate this to remember that. This time is the time to go into his presence and say, oh God, this is what has been bothering me. I know I've asked this over and over. Oh God, you are with me. I'm going to keep talking to you. Because Christ has come, we are hopeful and we pray. And my hope for all of us, and for myself, is as we go through this Christmas season, as we sing joy to the world, as we sing all the other songs, we remember God is with us. Let us have our faith increase that the God that we, we are worshiping, he is true, he is present. Let our worship increase. Let the joy in us be plenty. Let it abound. And let us be hopeful God is with us. And as we are hopeful, let us pray. Let us pray. And talk to him and say, God, our Heavenly Father, be with us. Continue be my help. I don't understand this. I want this. I'm not getting it. I don't know why, but you are with me. And as we read from the book of John, I would like to read the verse, uh, chapter 16, verse 24. So we did the verse, uh, chapter 14, talking about prayer. And this is something. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full, that the Christ in you, the rejoicing in you, will be full. Until now, you've decided, I'm going to do it on my own. Until now, you might have asked a little bit and you've not seen anything, so you stop. And God has a way of working. Sometimes he's going to come through and it will be right there. But when he hasn't yet come through, he says that ask and you receive that your joy may be full. Praise be the name of God. We thank you for his word. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.